0: As we age, our needs change and so do our appetites and the type of foods we prefer. This can make it more difficult to get the bone-building nutrients we need. For older adults and seniors, it's important to continue good nutritional habits while also recognizing changing needs. I'm your host, Krista Lam, and today on Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada, I'll be talking with Dr. Jean-Viev who is a professor in the Department of Medicine at Montreal University. We'll be talking about eating well as we age. So, welcome to the show, Dr. Mejo. It is really lovely to have you. Thank you for having me, Krishna, uh, today. So, we're going to be talking today about eating as we age. And this is really interesting to me. I know that I don't want to eat the same things that I ate as a child, I don't want to eat the same things that I ate necessarily as a teenager but I didn't realize that as we age, our taste buds and our tastes start to change. So can you tell me a little bit about why that happens? Actually,
1: you're totally right. The number of taste buds declines with age. And this, of course, impacts taste detection. So with age, we are less able to detect. uh, The threshold of detection for taste is higher. So Maybe you've noticed that you add extra salt or you add extra sugar to your foods in order to taste them, or perhaps you've noticed that foods taste bland sometimes. So these are consequences of this declining number of taste buds with aging.
0: And so as our taste buds change, that probably means that we do different things in terms of what we eat and how we eat. And so how can this affect our lives as we age? Are there things that maybe we're avoiding that we shouldn't avoid? I would say
1: that some foods may taste differently. So for instance, for example, some foods may taste metallic with, you know, a metal taste. So maybe you will avoid those foods. Maybe you will experience aversions of foods because they taste differently or they no longer taste what you remember they were tasting. So yeah. It could affect the amount of foods that you're taking, but also the quality of foods that you're taking.
0: And I wonder if you are on a medication or if you're taking a supplement of some kind, can that affect our taste buds as well? Yeah,
1: medications, I would say that they could affect the way you taste, the taste detection. I'm not sure that medications per se would have any impact on the number of taste buds. It is more documented that it's linked to the aging process not to medication but medication of course may change the way you taste may kind of introduce these uh, metallic tastes may make you lose the taste for some foods this happens
0: and do you think it's also sometimes like i know i've been on medications that have made me gain weight or made me you know not as hungry is that something that might happen with medications as well
1: Yeah, medications can have an impact on your appetite and make you less hungry for foods. It may have to do with your taste, of course, but it has also effects of their own. So medication have an impact, for instance, in brain regions that control your level of appetite.
0: It's so interesting to me because I think medication is one aspect of that. But as we age, we often gain weight. And so for some people, they might be thinking, oh, I need to diet, I need to change what I'm eating. Why is it important to think about what you're eating when you're trying to lose some of that weight?
1: Sometimes people may opt for strategies that are not very healthy. They might skip meals, for instance, or try to cut some foods from their everyday diet. It's interesting that you bring that up because this is a consequence of aging, actually. It's these changes that occur in our body, in terms of body composition. So body composition is basically four compartments. It's, It's the muscle mass, it's the fat mass, but it's also bone and water. And as we age, we start to lose muscle mass at the expense of fat mass. And this fat mass redistributes in the belly region which kind of give you the impression that you gain weight because of this redistribution, but also the loss of muscle mass may lead to a decrease in the amounts of calories that you burn because muscle mass is a very active tissue. So yeah, uh, weight gain is uh, a consequence of aging. And to manage that, you have to play on both sides. Uh, you have to play on the calories that you burn by uh, ideally keeping your muscle mass. And all you do so is to, you exercise, so you do physical activity program with resistance training. So this will help you to keep your muscle mass and avoid this decline in muscle mass with age. And on the other side, which is more uh, my expertise, which is nutrition, is to try, you know, to not cut the calories that you ingest, but maybe up for substitutions. For instance, if you're used to cook or bake with a cream or whole milk, maybe you can change this for low fat milk or use to make sauce, uh, low fat milk with cornstarch instead of cream. So there are many substitutions that you can make, and you may not notice that there will be less calories that you will put in your body.
0: I think that's really, really great because we have to be thinking of also about our bones when we're thinking about losing weight, are there strategies or things that people can be doing to protect their bone health while they're trying to lose weight? Yeah, of course, if you keep your muscle mass, this is going to be extremely helpful for your bone health.
1: And when you do those uh, substitutions, try to opt for foods that are high in protein, high in calcium. For instance, the substitution of whole milk or cream for low-fat milk You will just cut the calories down, but you will keep the proteins and the calcium. That's going to be a good substitution. So you have to be careful. And of course, not to eliminate foods that are rich in proteins and calcium. So you have to
0: play on your muscle mass and you have also to be careful with what you eat. Yeah. And it's really interesting too, because I think that for some people as they age, they may also be on a fixed income. They might not have as much disposable income to spend on food, so they might be worried about, you know, what they're purchasing and they might be buying things that are more processed or things that might be less healthy. Are there some strategies for people who might be looking to save money while they're also looking to eat better?
1: Yeah, there are many strategies that you can adopt to save money at the grocery store. I think one of the strategies is to really look for bargains or or foods that are on sale and plan your meals accordingly. Because when you plan your meals, you tend to less buy uh, processed food or ready-to-made dishes. So that might be a good option. Look for specials, look for bargains, stock items that are on sale. So if you have the space to to store those items, that might be a good strategy. It relies on planning, on preparing yourself, uh, your meals, cooking yourself. So these are options that are cheaper than, as you said, buying ultra-processed and ready-to-made or frozen dinners or ready-to-made dishes.
0: And are there certain foods that might be helpful for our bone health as we age that we should be trying to get more of? Yeah, but it depends.
1: Again, because as we spoke before, as we age, we can, of course, gain weight, but we can also have issues with appetite and uh, with taste. So if you have issues with appetite, you kind of notice that your appetite has decreased because of, I don't know, a medication or just the normal aging process. You can up, you know, for Instead of of eating, for instance, three large meals, try to opt for smaller meals or or snacks, snacks more often. And with snacks, I would recommend foods that are, again, rich in proteins, such as nuts and seeds. Those are uh, foods that are very dense from a nutritional standpoint. So they are very high in calories, but also high in proteins. In terms of nuts, those that contain more calcium are almonds. In terms of seeds, it's sesame seeds or tahini, if you like the sesame butter. There are other foods that are rich in both calcium and proteins, such as, of course, the milk or the plant-based beverages that contain both. You have the soybeans, uh, the edamame, which is the immature soybeans that we found in the frozen section of the grocery store. So there are many, many foods that you can eat in small amounts because you do not have a lot of appetite, but you can eat it small amounts and contains a lot of nutrients that are important for your bone health.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like for people who might not be able to get enough nutrients, these are some ways that they can do it. Cause I know in my house, my mom growing up loved to eat almonds, and I know she still does. So those are some of the, the easy things that you might want to pick up, but Is it also something if you can't seem to get enough calcium or you can't seem to get enough of the nutrients that you need, should you be considering a supplement?
1: Yeah, it really depends on what you eat. Sometimes people cannot achieve a sufficient intake of nutrients, especially calcium or vitamin D by diet or by foods alone. So in these cases, it might be, yes, appropriate to opt for calcium or vitamin D supplements but again it might be helpful maybe to seek advice for experts because sometimes as a person we have the impression that we eat not enough of a nutrient but if someone who is an expert in the field so for instance a dietitian will just look at what you eat and assess if it's sufficient or not may find other options than supplementation to you know boost a little bit your intake
0: yeah. And I think that's also a really good point because I think sometimes we also start supplementing before we even know if we need the supplements or not. So that's a really good piece of advice. And I'm going to ask a little bit because I know for people who have spent their whole lives cooking for a family, it can be really hard to start cooking for one or two people when your kids start to leave the house or suddenly it's just you know yourself and your spouse or just yourself. So what are some strategies for people who are trying to get used to cooking for a smaller number of people?
1: It really depends on who you are as a person. If you're someone who is very social, I would maybe encourage you to cook for others, for instance, so to participate to potluck meals, for instance. If you have a circle of friends or if if you have a group of people that you can organize such activity, that might be a good way. So you will keep cooking for large amounts of people, but it's going to be for other purposes than your own family. You can, of course, cook large volumes of foods, but store it for later use. So, of course, again, the purpose is not the same. It's not feeding your own family, but it's going to be useful for future use. If you're more the solitary type, there are other strategies. People sometimes do not like to cook. They were kind of not forced, but, you know, they had to cook for large families. But then when they are alone or with their spouse, they don't really like to cook. So there are options for these people. So the meal delivery systems, for instance, you know, these boxes that are uh, delivered at home with all the pre-portioned ingredients and the the step-by-step instructions. To make the recipes it requires little prep little cooking and it might be a good option although it's not a low cost option it's more expensive there are also food delivery services that you may opt for such as meals on wheels or maybe some meals are offered at other centers nearby community religious facilities or senior centers that you may go sometimes these meals are uh, low cost so This could be also options to make meal more, you know, social, because it's really well documented that when we eat with others, we eat more, we eat a more variety of foods, and we eat also a diet of better quality.
0: And I I think, too, one of the things I've realized is that when you are dealing with loneliness, which I think a lot of older adults especially as their you know, kids may have moved away, they might be dealing with that too. So I love the idea of getting some socialization and getting out and spending time with friends or peers. So one of the things that I also wanted to ask you is for a lot of people listening, they may be starting the process of caring for their parents or thinking about as their parents age, how they might be able to help support their parents in their bone health as they move into more of a caregiver position as their parents are no longer as able to care for themselves. Do you have any advice for caregivers about how they can help with nutrition and their parents? Again, it depends on
1: where the parents, you know, live. It's a nursing home. They usually have dietitians planning the menu, so they try to, you know, balance all the nutrients and everything according to the requirements of the residents. But I would advise maybe if you notice that your parents start to eat less complain about the foods or about the meals they receive. Maybe you can cook if you have time to cook for them, uh, nutritious meals or bring them healthy uh, snacks. Again, high in proteins, high in calcium, something that they would like. And you know that they will kind of get the nutrients that they need in, again, sufficient amounts.
0: I think that's really important too, because for a lot of people, they may be getting foods in a long-term care facility that are not familiar to them culturally or are not familiar to them in terms of what they would choose to eat if they were at home. So that's really good advice, I think. And so it has been so wonderful. I think there's been so many things that we have learned today that will be really helpful for people as they start to think about eating and nutrition as they age. And so I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Thank you very much, Krista, for having me. It was a pleasure to speak about uh, this topic.
0: Thank you to Dr. Melhout for joining us today. I'm Krista Lam, and you've been listening to Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. Today, I've been speaking with Dr. Jean-Vivre about eating well as we age. If you'd like more information on osteoporosis, visit our website at osteoporosis.ca. If you have questions or comments about this topic or about our podcast, reach out to us on our website or via social media. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Enjoying the show? Hit subscribe in the podcast provider of your choice. Thanks for listening.